standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And today, we're going to go off script. We're going to try something new. We're taking a little break from our Texas slash Texas Tuesday routine. And honestly, we just need a break of the municipal elections. I know today is officially the second to last day. Well, actually, no, it is the last day of early voting. That's right. Tuesday, <clears throat> May the 2nd is the last day of early voting. The big day comes on Saturday. And this will be over for this time around. And I have spent plenty of time talking about this issue. So before we get into the topic du jour today, let's just say mayday, mayday, mayday. That's my big hint. (laughs) Uh, And as I always say, if you want to help me help you get the word out, build the show, like, share, and subscribe to the show. Follow me on the interwebs, if you will, at the various social medias. I am at the uh, fascist book. I am at MeWe on occasion. Uh, I drop in at Gab. And you know what? I'll even post on Instagram from time to time. But honestly, the best way is to go to your favorite podcatcher podcatcher, (laughs) and subscribe to the show. And if you find something worth your time, your efforts, do me a favor, rate and review this show. Uh, We have some interesting things that have been occurring in the last couple of weeks having to do with algorithms. Interestingly enough, the actual downloads per week has not drastically changed, but the days in which it happens and how it happens, it's just very, very odd. So you can help me help you get the word out, build the show, and quite frankly, be the line in the sand. So here we go, on with the show. As you may be aware, May 1st is quote-unquote May Day. Now, the four, or actually, before I go into that, let me just say, the far more fun uh, holiday, or quasi-holiday, if you will, is the Cinco de Mayo, which is the 5th of May, which coincidentally just happens to be on a Friday this year, uh, but that is not the topic of conversation. No, 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 it is May Day. That's right. May the 1st is May Day. Now, interestingly enough, I was doing a little um, fact-checking, if you will, on myself. I seem to remember that it is actually two separate holidays or quasi-holidays, if you will, maybe remembrances, if you will, that share the same date. Or the common date, if you will. So May the 1st presumably was chosen at some point and cemented on that specific date. But it traditionally has been held from the somewhere at the very end of April to the first couple of days of May, just depending on when the days hit, if you will. It has to do with flowers, comes out of ancient Roman times. It's basically a pagan holiday. It predates Christianity, if you will. And uh, as a good Christian, I'm not worried about anything that's pagan, right? If the Catholics didn't take it over, the Protestants did after them. (laughs) They've all been, quote unquote, Christianized to some degree or another. One of the things that I found very interesting when I was doing my fact checking, uh, and this is just so you know, this is under the green root if you will, the red root and the green root. So the green root is the pagan origins, if you will. The red root is, of course, the workers or the international or the 
socialist angle on this. So we're going to stick with the green route for the moment. What was interesting to me is because it's kind of a pagan holiday, it was never really anything that anybody paid attention to in the Midwest. Um, Apparently it's fairly prominent in the Northeast, which is kind of interesting because the pilgrims and under Cromwell, they kind of killed it in England, but it never really went away. So just as an interesting aside, but one of the things that I did find out, well, you know, England still celebrates it. And I think it has to do with the idea that it was Catholic, Catholicized (laughs) the Catholics, uh, infused their uh, meaning into it. They Christianized it or Catholicism uh, melded itself to it. How about that? <laughs> Catholicism. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> but it is a traditional thing and it's all about flowers and the ladies. And in today's day and age, I wonder how that's going to work because we don't even know what a lady is, but that's a different story. Uh <laughs> Now, what's interesting to me is in North America, the United States in specific, we have the kind of division of Labor Day versus May Day, right? We created a separate holiday for Labor Day and uh, May Day kind of fell out of prominence. However, up until the early 1900s, it was, again, pretty well known in the Northeast and Baskets, flowers, so on and so forth. But what I found most interesting is they were common at women colleges and academic institutions in the late 19th and early 20th century. A tradition that continues at Bryn Mawr and Brunel University to this day. Now, I would suppose that the paganism earth mother thing goes hand in hand with the feminist uh strain right in the puritan or yankee uh, version of the world and so it's kind of interesting and, and it's it's almost become anachronistic right to the rest of us because who really pays attention to this now i i I'm not afraid of it. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's evil. I, I'm sure that some of my Christian brethren might uh, get a little spun up about it, but I just kind of look at it and smile and say, that's nice. And if that's what you want to do, go for it. But it is interesting that, and it's got a kind of a neo revival with the neo pagans, if you will. <laughs> Again, not my thing, but it, it doesn't bother me now then. And I should say, you know, I, I was fact checking on Wikipedia, you know, take that for what it's worth. Wikipedia is far from perfect, but on stuff like this, it's pretty, pretty bland, pretty basic. It's supposed to be the halfway mark, if you will, from the spring equinox and the summer solstice, right? So in other words, when the days and the night are exactly the same length, to the summer solstice where the day is its longest. So it's kind of a halfway mark, if you will. Interesting. And in 1889, May the 1st was chosen as the date for the International Workers' Day, 
by the second international. Now, if you don't know what the internationals are and the fact that they were actually doing those all over the world at that point in time, you should really check that out. But it's sent to commemorate the Haymarket affair. Now, what's interesting is I vaguely remember hearing about the Hagmar or I'm sorry, the Haymarket affair, which actually took place in Chicago and uh, it was all about the eight hour workday, supposedly. I mean, again, that's what Wikipedia has to say with it. And it's part of the great upheaval. Okay. <laughs> well, and <laughs> what's interesting is there back then there was a Methodist pastor speaking. Don't know what about, because again, I don't know a whole lot about it when the anarchists blew up their bombs. Now this took place. Because they were trying to get an eight-hour workday. It was a strike, a protest, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> the Federal or Federation of Organized Trades and Labor Unions were fighting with the Chicago Police Department. Hmm. So progressive activists fighting with the police. Hmm. Nothing changes, I guess. And then it talks about some of the leading figures. I'm not really interested in that. But what I am interested in is it happened at the Haymarket Square in Chicago. It was a peaceful rally in support of workers wanting an eight-hour workday. Now, this has to do with the McCormick Harvesting Machine Company. One person was killed and many uh, were injured during this uh, dynamite explosion. And, of course, they blamed anarchists. Interesting. So that is the origin of the International Workers' Day, or May Day. And the climax of the social unrest of the working class in America, known as the Great Upheaval. (laughs) Well, I will just say that the uh, pagan May Day is far more interesting and apparently more benign (laughs) than the Red Root. The Red Root are the mm, socialist, communist um, troublemakers, right? So... I got to say, when I think about May Day and I think about the quasi-holiday that it still enjoys that status, I wonder what exactly what exactly should we be remembering? It's a time of spring. It's usually coupled with Easter. And uh, the idea that, you know, the flowers are here, new birth, whatever else. But to me, if our country, if our world was more connected to the seasonal aspects of the world, quote unquote, natural living, this might actually make more sense. But in the industrial world, the world that lives on a 24 hour time clock, the world that sits in front of screens you know, hours and hours a day, the the world that's had electricity for a better part of a hundred years, we really don't pay any attention to the seasonal adjustment to the what's going on in the world around us. Now, notwithstanding the pagan roots of this, I think some of the early Christian fathers were smart enough to realize the significance of some of this stuff. And I think that's why they willingly incorporated it into some of the Hmm, actions they took, some of the studies they undertook. 
And there was this incorporation of, you know, pagan rites, pagan festivals, um, celebrations. And again, we're, we're called to go and Christianize the world, right? So I, I don't see a problem with this and I, and I don't lose sleep over it, but I wonder, I wonder if, if we're so detached from that, if we, if we don't understand what's at play, what's the rationale behind some of the stuff, does it get lost on us? At some point, will May Day become completely anachronistic? Will we have no understanding of what the motivation was or what the idea was behind that? Again, setting a, setting aside the red root portion, right? The, the 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 workers' view of this, just going strictly to the green root or the pagan origins. I wonder, are we better off? The artificial world that we live in, completely detached from the real world around us, is it what's best? Is that an ideal outcome that we want for our world, for our children, for our grandchildren? Now, you're wondering, where are you going with this? What does this mean? Well, okay, well, just sit back for a moment and let's take the conversation of May Day. Again, we're, we're recognizing that there are two roots here, right? The green root and the red root. The red root, for the purposes of this discussion, not really relevant. And much like all good communists, they were literally making stuff up as they go along. But if you look at the green root and you look at the origins and what was intended, you can see that the European origins had a generalized focus on what was going on with the seasonal world around them. So now that we've gone through and we've rejected all that is old and we castigate anything that comes from Europe, I'm wondering, does this get dismissed as well? Perhaps they're going to call this some kind of privilege. Perhaps they're going to um, say, well, it's not fair that you actually have seasons in Europe and North America and we have different seasons. So therefore you don't get to have that. I mean, it only seems rational in the world that we live in that that's an expectation we should have. Not that that expectation or that crazy change is rational, but that we should have that understanding. You see how this ties into everything around us is if you don't know why things are there, if you don't understand what the purpose was, if you don't, give any thought to what the basis of something being done is about and you completely detach yourself, it has zero meaning. It, it has no function internally for you. I reckon this is, uh, not all that dissimilar to if you go to a church where you, uh, practice communion or taking the Eucharist, if you will, and you do it every week and it becomes a rote memory mm, going through the motions action, right? It loses its significance. It loses its importance. And, and if you detach yourself enough from that, it, it means nothing. Now, consequently, a couple of times a year, the pastor or the priest or whatever will come out and give you a nice sermon or sermonette, if you will, extolling the virtues of what exactly you're doing there, why we do it, and what the importance is, and how it's derived, and why it's a solemn affair. 
and why it shouldn't be taken lightly. So I wonder, would there be some benefit to doing that with various other things? So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment and I'm going to draw a not completely separate subject in, insert it in such a way to tease out an idea. So I want you to follow along with me for just a moment. You see, about 160 some years ago, we had a separation that was attempted. Now, whether you think the separation was good, bad, or otherwise is not relevant to this portion of the discussion, but it is directly relevant because you'll follow with me for just a moment. So there was a great war. A whole lot of people died defending what they thought was the right thing. Both sides. We're, we're checking out on the judgment. We're not, we're not even choosing sides at this point. We're strictly looking at the fact that a whole lot of people died that realistically probably didn't need to, but they did. And when the war was over and normalcy returned 20 or 30 years later, and by normalcy, I just mean the new normal, right? They had radically altered the culture and the functionality of half the country and and they stumbled through and made the mess and filtered through it. And some people behaved very badly and some people soldiered on and eventually we got to a normal. And when we got there, both sides came to the conclusion, this is a terrible thing. We don't want to do this again. We would like to avoid this. Other decisions could have been made. Other actions could have been taken. But our parents, our uncles, our brothers, our cousins, they died in the service of their countries, fighting against themselves. What do we do? How do we honor this? How do we remember this? days of remembrance there's statues put up there's memorials that were built honoring the sacrifice and the service of these young men predominantly there were some women yes but honoring the service both sides all over this country brian mcclanahan has talked about how this was part of the healing culture this is part of bringing the country back together it was processing the pain the grief the guilt everything that was Involved with the war between the states. It was less about was one side right or wrong and more about this is a terrible thing and we need to be done with it. Now these people, no, no matter where they were on the side, they acted gallantly. They, anti, they acted bravely. They served well. They deserve to be remembered for what they did. The army named forts after them. Uh, they, they built things in memory to these people that served. And now that this is over and, and we've moved past this and we've built these things, 
It was done in remembrance, in honoring of them. And now, where I'm going with this is, the very same thing that in many cases has happened with the, you know, a celebration such as May Day. It's anachronistic, as I said before, to most of the country. Now, I guess somewhere in Canada, they might celebrate it like Toronto or Quebec or something like that. And, you know, in the Northeast, but the rest of the country's like, what is that? Who cares? It's like this thing that's brought up in passing, you know, like in the Renaissance fairs, I know there's several of those that go on around the country. They may actually still do something with this because it was a, a thing back then, but we don't do that now. But again, we've forgotten. We don't remember. We don't know what's going on. I would submit to you that this same thing is now happening. When you take down these monuments, when you take down the statues, when you take down the memorials, you forget what happened. You forget why it happened. I would much rather have the lost cause theory everywhere with the understanding that they didn't get a successful end they didn't handle it well and you can gloss over their motivations but the idea was it failed and we would like to avoid that going forward we don't want to divide our country and go to war against each other because we can't agree on something now consider as you wipe this stuff out, if you, you take the slate, if you will, of history and you pretend it doesn't exist anymore and you demonize everybody that you didn't agree with. Now, now you were warned that they weren't going to stop at the Civil War. They're going to go all the way back to the founding. They're going to wipe out all of history in these United States. And you're going to wonder one day, How did we get here? What's going on? And your grandchildren someday are going to look to you in the face and say, what happened in 1861 through 1865? And you're going to have a fuzzy memory. And you're going to say something, well, you know, it was a civil war. It was a war between the states. It was the war of northern aggression. It was the war of southern succession or succession, right? There are any number of Answers that you could give, but if they don't have any idea what was going on or what played out, because we've stripped them of that history of their culture of what existed on both sides of this equation, mind you, it it becomes anachronistic. They fail to understand and take on the learnings of a culture 120 years ago. Is that something that you want? And actually, it's more than 120 years. My apologies, 160 years, right? So that's not anything I'm excited about. I'm very concerned about that. But they're continuing and they will continue to go forward. 